Is there anything good about the snow and ice this time of year? Wait a minute, is that under pressure or ice, yeah, ice baby? You see, it's different. It's got that ding, 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 ding. We're getting ding. off topic. <laughs> it's the dead of winter, and we're here to talk about being dead in the winter. I'm Hope Madden. And I am George Wolf, and we are from madwolf.com. And welcome to Fright Club Podcast. It's White Death, because I don't know how it is where you are, but we're in <laughs> Columbus, Ohio, and right now we're getting about eight inches of snow right. with a winter storm watch till later on this evening. So we figured... Let's have some fun with it. That's right. And, uh, and and it actually was kind of fun to think about it in that way. Like, what are the best movies that represent, you know, the, the dire consequences of the snow and ice? Right, because usually to get that scared, at least that's as scared as the weather reporters want you to be. Right. You know, <laughs> when that is in the forecast. Run for your lives. But this is the fun way. This is the fun white death. And the more we got into this, at least for me, I'd forgotten about some of these. And I just thought to myself that it would be a, you know, you're stuck inside. It's miserable outside. Can't drive. Can't walk. Can't do anything but shovel your snow. I thought, you know what? You're better off than, let's say, Jack Nicholson and his family. (laughs) So you know where we're starting back in 1980 with The Shining. Hi, Lloyd. A little slow tonight, isn't it? <laughs> this is one of the most quotable horror movies of all time. And I love that scene. Hi, Lloyd. <laughs> well, you're right. There's so many great, great quotes. Here's Johnny. Has, has oh, been, clearly. Yeah. yeah. That's the big one. But I love that scene with Lloyd. And then there's the scene with uh, Grady. You know, you've always been the caretaker oh, here. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. It's, if you haven't seen it, really, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Get on it. Because it is a classic, all built around the isolation and the wintertime. Exactly. It's also, for my money, the best haunted house movie ever. But, you know, that's not really the point today. The point today is that, you know, he and his son and his woebegone wife, they're caretaking at the Overlook and they're stuck in the mountains, in the snow, can't go anywhere, can't do anything. And unfortunately, he loses his mind and becomes a homicidal maniac. So that's problematic. Yeah. And especially at the end, the weather really becomes a factor. Yeah. Huge. Uh, the snow mounts up. And of course, Scatman Crothers has to take the, the snowmobile and everything is shut down. And then, of course, at the very end, he's off chasing Danny in the maze, mm-hmm. in the frozen maze. And uh, it's just, it's so well done. And it is. it's so and classic. The, 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 the snow uh, and the, the inability to escape heightens what is already an incredibly claustrophobic, trapped feeling in this movie. But everything about this movie is worth just, you know, uh, watching again and again and again. I mean, I love the sound of the whole movie. I love the sound of the big wheel on the carpet. Like, yeah. you know, I love the carpet. I love that crazy pattern of the rug down there. And, uh, of course, we're not the only one. I mean, this has been examined and cut apart. and, and Too uh, much. Well, <laughs> although I want to point out, the best thing that was ever on television in the history of television, uh, Treehouse of Horror Simpsons, The Shinning. It's my <laughs> favorite thing I've ever seen on TV. It is so great. So great. And look it up if you haven't seen that. Uh, they do a takeoff on The Shining, and it's just... Oh, it's spot on. Just classic. <laughs> right down to the uh, great big picture above groundskeeper Willie, who was playing the Scatman Crothers, <laughs> right, right down to the picture above his bed. Oh, my <laughs> because God. Because if you remember the picture that was above Scatman's bed of the uh, young lady, uh, <laughs> <laughs> groundskeeper Willie has a tartan-clad young lady. <laughs> it's it's so great. Everything about it. Oh, it's the best. The shinning. Um, 
But there's another offshoot of, of The Shining. You were talking about how much it's been dissected that came out just uh, a few years ago in 2012 called Room 237, which is a fascinating documentary about some of these just nutty conspiracy theories about what the movie really means, hidden meanings in The Shining. And some of them will just blow your mind, not only how intricate they are, but how serious these people are about <laughs> that. No, no, no. That's no, what, I, that's I, what know, Kubrick is trying to oh, say. Yeah, I know. It's funny. And, and uh, I mean, it's a fun documentary, but but there are some really fascinating <laughs> single scene moments that you probably didn't realize that they, that they zero that's in on. It. And our favorite is this. So uh, when Nicholson is sitting in the lobby and he's waiting for his interview and, uh, you know, and the manager of the Overlook comes out and he shakes his hand, Nicholson is, is reading a magazine and he sets it down on the end table like it's just a magazine that's there in the in the lobby for anybody to pick up and peruse but in the in the documentary they zero in on it it's a playgirl he's, <laughs> he's just flipping through a playgirl yeah. magazine which just happens to be out in the lobby of the overlook hotel and the manager doesn't give it a second thought yeah, absolutely <laughs> that's a, a, a little tidbit but that whole documentary has to do with some of it i mean one of them has to do with the fact that Kubrick was using the movie to try to tell you that the uh, moon landing has been faked. Right, right, right. That was one of them. Another one had to do with the plight of the American Indians. Yeah. I mean, the, it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating of viewing. If you haven't seen it, it's called Room 237. And it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. And it's well weird. put together, and yeah. you'll just you'll just be shaking like, wow. Some people have time on their hands. <laughs> I mean, it's just fascinating. But it goes to show you the deep connection people have with this movie. Right. And I mean, of course, there was a there was a, a TV movie made uh, in the late 90s, I think, uh, right. because it, which I think held a lot closer to the book itself, to Stephen yeah, King's book I itself. Recall, but I got to say, for my money, it's it's the Kubrick version all the way. Yeah, if I recall, Stephen King made a lot of noise about not being happy yeah. with the Kubrick version. You know, it's funny because he's gone back and forth over the years, but when it first came out, he didn't like it at all because he, they really used the novel as more of an inspiration than as an actual template. But it's Stanley Kubrick. He's going to yes, do what he's going to do, and you should just let him have at it because he's going to do it better than you. It's a great movie, so it's definitely where we started in White Death. And uh, it, like I said, if you haven't checked out Room 237, because uh, we assume you've seen The Shining, but if you haven't seen Room 237, do that. All right, so we go a little little more recent to 2007. And <laughs> this is a movie, when we heard about it and we saw it, we couldn't believe, we hadn't thought of it, no. Right. <laughs> we couldn't believe it had taken to 2007 to get the idea of vampires in the Arctic. Board the windows. Try to hide. They're coming. They? Who are they? That cold ain't the weather. That's death approaching. They're tearing through everyone's home. We can last the month. That's right. 30 days of night. And it's funny because there were, it is one of those where you're like, I cannot believe... You know, they can only come out at night. Why? Of course they're going to go someplace where it's night for a full month. Of course they are. <laughs> it was just, you know, but I had uh, I had worries about it going in because Josh Hartnett is is just a big piece of toast on a stick as far as <laughs> acting goes. He's just the most, I mean, he's not Keanu Reeves, but he's just like this side of it. He's just wooden and bland. And I thought he can't carry a movie, but it helps 
that uh, Danny Houston, the amazing, always magnificent Danny always. Houston, plays the leader of the vampires. If by chance you're not familiar with the story, they're in the Arctic Circle. The town is about to shut down. The last flight is leaving for a month. The town is dry now because for the month where it's just going to be dark, the few people who stay... They get rid of all of the uh, liquor, so they're just kind of marooned there for a month. And then all of a sudden, all the dogs are dead. And then all of a sudden, the power is out. And then all of a sudden, all of the vehicles are disabled. And it's like, oh, uh, uh, they're about to become prey. And it's really, it's you know, it's so much better a film than I expected it to be. Yeah, it is. Because it's, as we said, it's a great premise. Uh-huh. A very obvious premise that went undone for so long. And in the clip that we play, that's Ben Foster, uh, who is in prison in the the in local the jail, jail yeah. and he just warns them it's coming you know and um that's what he means uh the, <laughs> the vampires are coming and they are going to be prey and then you also heard josh hartnett say there that he thinks they can hunker down and last for a certain amount of time and whoo it becomes quite a battle royale and you're right danny houston is so great in everything he and is. he really classes up this joint he does and not that not to slam josh hartnett too much because he's fine. He's fine. Yeah, he's actually, fine he this. did a surprisingly That's decent all he job was of it. Yeah, really asked to do. And uh, I think the woman Melissa George, I think mm-hmm. is her name. Uh, and they're fine. But yeah, when Danny Houston comes in, then they, we up the ante a little bit. Well, he's and all great. vampires are really cool. They're very cool they looking, are, yeah. and they don't they they speak their own language of some sort. I mean, you know, they're more believable than your your run of the mill vampire movie vampires are. Like hordes of vampires are. And there's a great. Really, really great scene where uh, a lot of the survivors are all hiding in somebody's attic and they hear a little girl crying. Yeah. And of course, they want to go to her. They want to go save her. And it's just this. Oh, my, it's, it's really pretty tragic and heartbreaking. This yeah. little girl, maybe seven, eight years old, walking down the middle of the street, crying and begging for help. But she's bait. You see all the vampires on top of the houses waiting for whoever's going to come help her. It is a really excellent scene. Yeah. I mean, it's and it, you know, it sets the stage. It lets you know we're going to go some cool places with this. Yeah. And it's not quite so much as The Shining, but the weather and the claustrophobic nature of the town is used to that same sort of effect. Oh, yeah. Uh, everybody's gone. You're trapped. It, they are, trapped. They're trapped. And like you said, everything's shut down, and uh, it's going to be dark for a while. Right. So. I mean, so as far as the vampires are concerned, uh, shooting fish in a barrel, basically. You're right. not going anywhere. You're stuck here. Right. So uh, <laughs> if that's one that has slipped through the cracks for you, check that out. Uh, 30 Days of Night from 2007, and uh, I think you're going to like it. Another one, though, that is full-on fun, no way around it, is Dead Snow. Yeah, and that's another premise. Why didn't somebody think of, hey, let's have Nazi zombies? Oh, yeah, I'm in. Right there. I'm in. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, we're just playing the music there because it's a foreign film. Although, although just a couple years ago, just last year, actually, the sequel came out. Red versus Dead, and uh, and it is in English. I don't know. I'm not sure why, but it is, and it's it's another fun one. I prefer the original, as is always the case. But the second one, the sequel, takes it to some fun, you know, new areas. The original, though, is is very much like the movie Cabin in the Woods, which we both adore. Yeah, and and like that one, it, it you know it exploits a lot of very traditional horror film tropes. You know, it's a group of attractive coeds, and they're going to some secluded cabin where they're going to spend their spring break and they're going to have fun and drink and blah, blah, blah. And then some local breaks in and tells them the news that it's dangerous to be here. And, you know, and and like Cabin in the Woods, there's a lot of self-referential humor. You know, it's not a full-on comedy like Cabin in the Woods is. It's There's a lot more carnage. There's a lot more, you know, there's a lot, a lot of entrails, as is often the, <laughs> the case in zombie movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which... 
the red against the white snow is always striking. Actually, it's funny because the the local who warns them, you know, then he goes out and he camps. He winter camps. We have friends who winter camp yeah. who we find insane. Well, by if the way, camp, if you if you winter camp. You're crazy. Yeah. And and here here's one of the reasons why. So it's but it's such a gorgeous image, you know? It's like the side of a snowy mountain. It's this beautiful, you know, sunset and he's in a white tent and it's lit up from inside. It's just beautiful. And then moments later, it's just a bloody gory, <laughs> just blood-spattered mess. It's a great scene. It's yeah. another great scene. Which is kind of similar to well like right now, we're looking out the studio window and there's already, you know, 8 inches of snow on the ground. It's yeah. a blanket. It's yeah. untouched. It's very pretty. Yeah. Now, very quickly, it's going to be just a slushy, gray, ugly mess. But there is some beauty to that new snow. Right. And so it's a great contrast, like you said, between this, oh, this nice, uh, pristine scene and bleh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> exploding entrails uh, from Nazi zombies. So, yeah, um, check that out. The original Dead Snow from 2009. And then it's Red versus Dead, yeah. right? Dead Snow, where, like you said, kind of inexplicably they decided to do it in English. Yeah, and it's actually it's a pretty fun premise too is that they 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 don't know how to get rid of the Nazi zombies so what they do is bring a communist army back to life to help them defeat the Nazi zombies. So that's the red versus dead part of it. It's That's good uh, thinking. Yeah, it's good thinking. Yeah. <laughs> What's your game plan? <laughs> well, <laughs> That's right. It always works. And we weren't going to spend a lot of time on this one because we actually just talked about it not too long ago. Um, But uh, another vampire movie that makes really great use of the cold and the snow is the original Let the Right One In. Um, It's just it's and the remake too. Let me in. We talked about both of those. They both do. Very snowy. Very. they, They make good use of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're giving me that face, but no, they do. It's, okay. it's snowy in the, in the second one. Okay, probably more so in the first one. But I just remember Oscar walking home in shorts and boots in you know that Prince Valiant haircut, looking yeah. like he was just frozen solid. Yeah. Um, and so it's effective, but but again, we we talk about that movie a lot, so we're not going to yeah. spend too much time on it today. We love them both, but it's another one where you get the blood and the snow uh, contrast, very effective. Yep. The next one we want to cover is, we just want to warn you, this is not something to mistake for a family film. Last run, got to make it Frozen, and you won't be hearing any Let It Go. No, indeed. Or uh, Elsa the Queen or uh, the Funny Little Snowman. <laughs> this was Frozen from 2010, and it's, it's a take on the very scary premise of getting lost, getting abandoned. It's very similar to the movie Open Water, yeah. which if you didn't see that, it's actually, sadly, uh, based on a true story of uh, two scuba divers who get abandoned out left, at sea, yeah. they get left. And, and we both scuba dive, so it was very scary to us that it actually, sadly, like I said, that happened. Uh, and they turned that into a movie, very effective movie. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, so they're lost at sea. Well, this one... It's basically open water to ski slope. Right. Uh, they try. They take that last run before the holiday weekend, and uh, as you heard in the clip there, they get stuck uh, up there and quickly realize that they're going to be up there for a while. And they do. Well, it's Sunday night, and they're going to be up there until the park opens again on Friday. Yeah, yeah. So 
They're not going to make it unless no. they get down. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's done effectively um, with the ways they try to get out. And then, you know, wolves come praying and things like that and different. And, of course, it's extremely cold and that starts setting in. One so. of the things I like about it is that, um, you know, they just cave in and take a chance right as the, about the time as you and a viewer, you're thinking to yourself, just try X. Like, just go ahead and try blah. And then they're like, you know what? We got to just try whatever. And that's about the time they do it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. So it's a, it's a guy, it's his girlfriend and it's his best friend. So they got those built in sort of relationship issues, but I, I don't think that they, and I think that they deal with it fairly um, realistically. The performances are, are are pretty good. There's one scene or two where the effects the um, yeah. are not great, but on the whole, it's it's a really tense, very effective film. Um, and it's it's the it's written and directed by by Adam Green, who's most known for the Hatchet films, which I don't care for. I don't either. I'm not a fan of the Hatchet movies. No. Um, and that's really those were really the movies of his that that have you know really generated any real attention. This one is not over the top like that. The it's Hatchet, so much better than yeah. the Hatchet movies. Yeah, it is. It's so much better. Even though, as you say, the production values, I don't think every once in a while they're a little oh yeah, that's not a hand right. They're doing as much as they can with most likely the budget that they had. Yep. And that's okay. That happens sometimes um, because the tension is there and there are some very effective scenes. There's, you know, the old um, the old legend about your your skin getting stuck. You know, don't stick your tongue out yeah, at an yeah. icy pole. They kind of have a, a little bit of a twist on that uh, that makes you squirm a little bit. Yep. And then, uh, as I said, wolves get involved and that's not nice. No. Uh, <laughs> so and it creates an, an awful lot of tension and it fits this list because you know, the weather, the elements that they're stuck in oh, yeah. very much comes into play because oh, yeah. they know even if they want to, they can't just sit no. there and wait because no. they're going to freeze to oh, death. Oh, yeah, they're going to freeze to death. Yeah. So that's from uh, 2010. I think this is one, especially now with a title Frozen, yeah. uh, not, uh, not a lot of people are aware of because if you go Google it, Frozen, the movie, well, what are you going to get? You're going to yeah. get, you know, Elsa. No, this is definitely a, an under the radar film. And, it um, is. and my favorite Adam Green movie, I got a chance to talk to him actually, um, when Hatchet 2 came out. And I spent most of the time asking him about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely worth checking yeah. out. And if you're a TV watcher, if you watch uh, the following at all, you'll recognize one of the actors, Sean Ashmore, who's also in the X Men. Yep. I forget what X Men he plays. Well, he's like uh, Mr. Freeze, right? Is that who he is? Yeah. That's funny. It is I did, funny. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that. But uh, he's one of the leads, um, so you might recognize that face. But yeah, it's effective, and definitely a, a white death type of movie, oh, so absolutely. check that out, just from uh, from 2010. All right, we got one more to go, and boy, this is one that really, really takes advantage, again, of the uh, weather, the winter, the freezing, the snow, and the kind of isolation of an area. you recognize that as the John Carpenter classic, The Thing, the, the thing. most beard-tastic movie ever made. <laughs> it is. Uh, the Thing, the original from 1982. Well, actually, it's not the original. It, right. The it's original kinda, it's a was, bit of a remake or a twist on a 50s movie uh, called, I think, The Thing from Outer Space. Thing from Another Planet. Thing from Another Planet. I think one of those two. 
But uh, most people think of this one as the original because it was redone in 2011, Mary Elizabeth Winstead version. And it was not as good. It was all right. Yeah. But uh, anyway, the we talk, we're focusing on the one from 1982 because we were just talking about the effects and everything in, in Frozen. But going back to 1982... The effects are not going to be what you'd see today, but you know what? They, they really still stand up. Hold up. They do. They, they do. They do. They stand up. It's um, and 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 like you said, you know, and, and I think that you know the the best of these films, The Shining and Thirty Days of Night. I mean, the best of these films really take advantage of it's it's it. You've got this wide open space, and yet it's still very claustrophobic because of the isolation. You are trapped. You are helpless. And the thing is more effective in using that than anything because when you're inside. Everything is incredibly tight and cramped and close and kind of sweaty and kind of nasty. And plus, there's like, where is it? Who is it? Where's he at? Right. Um, and, and then when you're outside, well, it's really not that much better because there's nothing to do outside but die. Yeah. And in this, the alien can assume the form of anything. Yeah. And so it, it really works on that premise because as the characters are looking around, they're not sure if <clears throat> you are you or you are the alien. And in those tight quarters of the barracks or whatever you call their outpost, yeah. I guess is what it was, or outside. Uh, you're never you're never quite sure, and some people find out the hard way uh, who's who. And then they start coming up with little tests. All right, yeah. how can we yeah. make sure you're you? And it gets, it gets very interesting with some really, for the time, very uh, impressive uh, effects. You know, some of that mask work and oh, yeah, some of the absolutely. way they did it back then. And you know what? For my money, a lot of times, even today, it's it's preferable to some of the CGI that they do. Yeah, I agree. Because you can look at it, and okay, the exploding head or whatever is looks like looks fake in a certain way. But I think it still holds up to this movie. In fact, I think this movie as a whole holds up very well. Oh, I absolutely agree. I, and and uh, for me, it's the best John Carpenter film. And actually, John Carpenter has said that he thinks it's the best film he's made. And I love Halloween. I love. Escape from New York, I love a lot of his movies, but I think this one is so much better than anything else he's ever done that it's it's kind of amazing. Yeah, it is it is well done. And uh, then when they did the remake, I wouldn't really call it a remake. It was really a prequel. It was a it prequel. It had the same title, so you didn't know yeah. that going in. Which, honestly, was probably my most favorite part of oh my that God, movie. Absolutely. Because at the very end, when you see the dog, yeah. you realize, oh wait, that's the opening that's, scene yeah. to the next. So yeah. they, they, they uh, use it as, you realize it's a prequel. And uh, sorry if you haven't seen it, we just spoiled that for you. But uh, that was, I thought, okay, that's that's well done. Even though the movie as as a whole is not is not doesn't hold no, together. No, it's a little hit or well. miss. It's got some good. It's yeah. got some really good parts to it, but on the whole, it's 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 kind of hit or miss. And you know, speaking of John Carpenter, I don't know if you saw this. He just recently released an album. Shut up. Yeah, because if you remember, he composed the theme, the very very effective oh, theme. It's my it's my uh, ringtone. Ringtone on your phone. Yeah, he's probably getting royalties every time <laughs> that rings. He composed the theme to Halloween. Yeah, and yeah, I just saw a blurb. I think it was in Rolling Stone that he put out an album of some of his compositions. I don't know if there are themes, the other things he's done. But uh, yeah, that was interesting. I just remembered that. You know, for, Christopher Lee put out an album last year. He did. Yeah, and he sings. He's got that. He he's got that gorgeous baritone. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's pretty weird. It's sort of metal. It's sort of operatic. It's very, very weird. But if you hear a couple of cuts, it's super Christopher Lee. You're like, oh yeah, this is totally what he would do. <laughs> so, All right. Random bits of information for there you. There you go. You're welcome. So, <laughs> so that's your white death. Your white death countdown. Some good ones if you're hunkered in, like I think we're about to be. Uh, the Shining, Thirty Days of Night, Dead Snow, and if you're adventurous, Dead, Dead Snow, Snow Two. two. 
Red versus Dead, Frozen, Frozen the- which we're sure you probably haven't seen, but you probably <laughs> ought to give a chance. Hey, the kids, hey, honey, the kids <laughs> want to see Frozen. <laughs> uh, and Their the- therapist will get, yeah. get in touch with you later. And The Thing uh, from 1982, then the reboot in 2011. So as we're waiting for the weather to break, if there's any that we forgot, uh, please let us know. We love getting that feedback. The uh, Golden Spiral Media voice feedback line, always open at 304 304- Eight three seven two two seven eight. Or if you go there to goldenspiralmedia.com, you can also just uh, um, submit uh, an audio feedback response or, of course, just a comment right there on our page. And, of course, you can just get in touch with us more immediately through our own Twitter page at Mad Wolf. Yeah, keep the conversation going. We love to go back and forth on Twitter. That's M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F and our website, madwolf.com. So we love it. It's Fright Club. And until next week, stay frightful, my friends.